Thanks, and welcome back. Thanks for tuning into I80 Sports. Today, we're talking about the AFC West, one of the most interesting divisions in football in the 2019 season. But first, we just want to take a second to run down the latest news. First one that I want to go over is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown found himself a new home, and that is with the Raiders. Steve, how soul-crushing is this for you? Uh, one to ten. I, one to ten. I've been... Uh, so if you had asked me if this was a surprise, I would have said a 10. But since this has been dragged out for so long, it's down to like a two. Okay, Mark, what do we have for fantasy impact of Antonio Brown? Is he up in your boards or down in your boards? I think he has to be down on his boards. I, I was making the joke a little bit earlier. I'm terrified that he's going to end up being this year's uh, or the new Amari Cooper, uh, that player that has all the talent in the world, but just because the person delivering the ball to him, you don't know whether or not he's going to go off for a 40-point game or a zero-point game. I don't know quite about that yet, but we are going to talk about him later because we're talking AFC West, so Raiders, that, that's going to be a big deal later on on today's show. Antonio Brown, of course, the other piece of big news was Nick Foles going to the Jaguars. I don't think this surprised anyone. We've talked about it. Everyone else in the fantasy world has talked about it. Does this make Jaguars a contender, Steve? I don't know. Because here, here's the big thing. Who is their dominant weapon? Miles Jack. You, you know, the Jacks, the Jacksonville Jaguars had a rotating order of receivers all season. And so I don't, I, I don't know who's going to be their weapon. I mean, I have a, I have a thought of who, of who's going to get a big boost in fantasy value. And I think that'll be Austin, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Because. Bulls likes um, tight ends. Well, but we also don't know. Oh, I mean, yes. Foles, Foles has also only played with elite tight ends. I mean, he had two in the Super Bowl game. So, uh, yes and no. Of course, Jaguars have a lot of free agents. They have a defensive cap space problems that they're going to need to move around. And they have Leonard Fournette. Yeah. The, the question mark. The guy who likes to punch grown men with helmets. So that's what they're dealing with over in Jacksonville. Okay, but we have to go on. Um, AFC West recap, that is today's video. And we're going to start off with the Chiefs. Chiefs went 12-4 and last season, had a great playoff run. They went 7-1-0 at home, 5-3-0 away, and 5-1-0 in their division. I made a video of their offensive contributors. Let's take a look at that now. So let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs offensive contributors. Quarterback Pat Mahomes had 383 completions for 5,097 yards. That got him 50 touchdowns and 12 interceptions on the season. Moving on to Kareem Hunt, running back who was cut halfway through the season with some legal troubles. He had 181 rushes for 824 yards and 7 touchdowns, and also added 26 receptions for 378 yards and matched 7 touchdowns. From his rushing total. Moving forward, running back Damian Williams, 50 rushes for 256 yards and four touchdowns. He also added 23 grabs for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Running back Spencer Ware had 51 rushes for 246 yards and two touchdowns and 20 receptions for 224 yards. Tyreek Hill had 87 receptions for 1,479 yards and 12 touchdowns, and also added 22 rushes for 151 yards and a touchdown. 
Sammy Watkins had 40 receptions for 519 yards and three touchdowns. Wide receiver Chris Conley had 32 receptions for 334 yards and five touchdowns. And tight end Travis Kelsey had 103 receptions, 1,336 yards and 10 touchdowns. That is the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2018 NFL season. Okay, so first up, Mark, who is your MVP from this uh, Kansas City Chiefs team? I think my MVP, which I'm sure is going to probably be the MVP of everybody, is the one player who put the entire team on his back. It's unbelievable, but Patrick Mahomes had arguably one of, if not the best season for a quarterback ever. Certainly a second-year quarterback to be putting up the numbers he had was just out of this world. Well over Uh, 5,000 yards, well over 50, uh, no, sorry, at 50 touchdowns. Right at 50, yeah. You can't beat those numbers if you're looking for an MVP candidate. Uh, He put the team on his back on more occasions than you can count with just some of the most freak athletic things that you've ever seen. Absolutely. I completely agree. Steve, do you have anything to add on one Patrick Mahomes? I just found it fascinating that in his second season, after he rode the pine pony for his first season, that he came in and almost broke Drew Brees' and um, Peyton Manning's um, passing yards and passing TD records in one season. He came so close. He did, um, and that he's going to be really a fun player to watch. We know that he is now a career NFL player. I don't think anyone doubts that anymore. He, This is his team for the next 10 years, at least, and uh, you know that's where we're at with Patrick Mahomes right now. My surprise of the season was Kareem Hunt getting cut and Damian Williams playing well in the passing game, specifically in the passing game. Uh, Mark, did you have any surprises from this Kansas City team's? Uh, the the bigger surprise for me actually was uh, the disappearance, seemingly, of Spencer Ware. I mean, he was a top back before the emergence of Kareem Hunt, before he suffered his own injury. I really thought that he'd end up coming back and at least have a chance to make some sort of an impact on this team, and he just disappeared. I of, mean, of course he, he didn't w- even get the opportunity. He didn't even get the opportunity though to not put numbers up. Yeah, but when I think of Spencer Ware, I think of someone who has had many chances in his career and has always messed up, whether it be with with fumbles or or with in, almost always with injuries. Um, I just I don't trust him, and and I think he got displaced for good reason. <laughs> Damian Williams came in and, and played great. Steve, was anything that surprised you from this? Uh, what's your surprise of the year for this Kansas City Chiefs? I was so surprised with as much talent as they had on the defense because they did have some talent, especially on the defensive line. How poorly they How played. poorly they played, absolutely. They were a bad defense for a lot of mm-hmm. this season. And I think a lot of their offensive production was because they had to. They had to throw for four quarters. They had to throw for 5,000 yards. If Mahomes isn't throwing for 5,000 yards... Chiefs aren't in the playoffs. So I, I think, you know, offense by necessity is something we can't overrule. And that takes me into my 2019 outlook. My take, my take is that on the Kansas City Chiefs, every playmaker, every single one is going to put up worse numbers in 2019 than they did in 2018. Every single one. Less touchdowns, less yards, less receptions, less everything. Now, that still might mean that every one of those players is top five in their position. 
but the numbers are going to go down. That is my takeaway. This was a, a career season. This was kind of an aberration, kind of a fluke. I think this is a great offense, but they're not going to put up those gaudy numbers again. I don't see four, 50 touchdowns by Mahomes. I don't see 40 touchdowns by Mahomes next season, to be completely honest. The, there has to be regression. This is not, a, you know, this is not going to stand up again. And if Kansas City's defense is even a little bit better, they're not going to need to. They're not going to need to. Let's go, uh, I guess, back to Mark. Mark, what do you think about this Kansas City team looking ahead in 2019? I do agree with you that I don't think that they're going to be able to put up those numbers, but I think that much like you kind of insinuated, I think the defense is what's really going to be the big surprise for next year. I really do expect them to bring in one of the uh, better safety options uh, that's available in free agency. I'm not to go along sure with Eric it'll be. What was that? To go along with Eric Berry? Yes, I think they're going to look to try to bolster up some depth as well as get a second safety out there. I would like uh, to see some cornerbacks, too. But yeah, that secondary is, is gross. Uh, you know what? There is still talent out there, and I genuinely think they're going to work on bolstering up their defense in the offseason. And they're going to mm-hmm. once again contend for probably the Super Bowl, not alone uh, the division. Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of safeties out there this year. I was looking at the free agency and every position has a player or two safety. You have Eric Berry, Landon Collins, uh, Amos from the bears. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of players and now we see linebackers going on. Uh, didn't Kansas city just cut a linebacker though? Justin Houston. Um, Justin Hughes. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. I mean, he was set for a payday, and maybe they didn't want to put all their money into him, knowing they're going to have to pay players like Mahomes he, very very soon. But it just he had, thir- he had thirty million dollars still uh, left on his contract between the next two years. That was exclusively yeah. a salary dump. Okay, but exactly. that's that's also a great player dump too, and we can't take that out of account too. One of the best things for your team is to have a quarterback on a rookie contract because the you know that that's your biggest salary and if, if you could be paying minimum at that position everything else you have more to spend this kansas city chiefs team is set for a run but if they don't win the super bowl in the next five years it's going to be a tough time balancing all these contracts that they're going to have coming up especially with the way they've been playing okay we got to move on now broncos are up next um they had a six and ten record they were three and five in denver and three and five away which is a even split and in the division, they were two and four. Let's take a look now at the offensive contributors for the Denver Broncos in 2018. We're going to talk a little bit about the offensive contributors for the Denver Broncos. Quarterback Case Keenum threw 365 times for 3,890 yards, which gave him 18 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. He also had two rushing touchdowns. Running back Philip Lindsay had 192 rushes for 1,037 yards, 9 touchdowns, and he added 35 catches for 241 yards and 1 touchdown. Royce Freeman had 130 rushes for 521 yards and 5 rushing touchdowns and was 14 for 72 yards in the air. Devontae Booker, 34 rushes, 183 yards and 1 touchdown and he added 38 grabs for 275 receiving yards. Emmanuel Sanders had 71 catches for 868 yards and 4 receiving touchdowns. Rookie Cortland Sutton had 42 grabs for 704 yards and 4 receiving touchdowns. Tight end Jeff Hewerman had 31 catches for 281 yards and 2 receiving touchdowns. 
That is your 2018 Denver Broncos. Okay, we took a look at some of the playmakers. Team MVP for me, easy, Philip Lindsay, walk-on player. He won fantasy football leagues. Um, he started undrafted in most formats, and he got it done. This is the kind of guy you got to watch out for. I know a lot of people were not high on him even after week two and just passed on him on the waiver wires, and that was a mistake, and that was a league-winning or league-losing mistake. Team MVP for you, Mark? Uh, it would be either Philip Lindsay or uh, if the injury hadn't happened, I would have put in a vote for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he was playing really high level for a majority of the season. It's a shame that injury took him out of that. Absolutely. 71 for 868 and four receiving touchdowns is a good, solid season for someone of his age, certainly. Steve, what about you? Who's your MVP? I'm just going to stick with Philip Lindsay, you know, he was he he was a surprise out of nowhere, and he played really well and is a very versatile back. And I look forward to seeing him play over the next few years. Absolutely, my surprise of the season was actually Royce Freeman, averaging four yards a carry and being replaced by Philip Lindsay. Now, Royce Freeman is someone that they have a lot of draft capital, and Philip Lindsay is someone they have no draft capital in. I am going to monitor this situation very closely. I think Royce Freeman is a better running back than he's been given credit for. He didn't look great at parts during last season, but they're going to develop him into someone who's going to ball. He's also much bigger than Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is very small, and that's one of the reasons I think he probably got passed up in the draft. Any other surprises, Mark? Um, I, I would go with Case Keenum. With Gary Kubiak there as an offensive advisor... I thought he I thought he would have played much better than what he did, especially with what he had um, done in Minnesota the previous season. So I was I was very surprised. But, you know, now they got rid of him. So, you know, we'll see how Flacco does. Absolutely. Case Keenum uh, to the Redskins, Flacco to the Broncos in a number 10 draft pick. Um, they may also address the quarterback during this draft they do have the number 10 and i don't think it's going to be you know flacco for the next five years i think he's he's the next guy up for he's the the bridge gap you know and in some ways flacco his numbers haven't been great but in, in a lot of ways i think he's a good clipboard holder he he's he's going to be i think a good coach he makes smart decisions he's just not the most physical player i i really like that um, if there's two guys in the NFL I would want coaching my next generation of quarterback, it would be Joe Flacco and probably Eli Manning, you know, just consummate professionals who maybe their bodies can't get it done, but they know the ins and outs of the game. Mark, did you have any surprises from this Denver Broncos squad you wanted to talk about? No, really. Case Keenum was, uh, and his lack of performance really was my surprise. I thought that he was at least going to do a bit better. I wasn't expecting him to be the savior of that franchise, but I did think he was at least going to be a little bit more, uh, capable with the type of defense that the broncos have geez they just needed the slightest bit of offense for that team to be successful and they just couldn't muster it but again it is a new year 2019 so we'll see what comes up soon i did want to point out that tight end jeff yowerman and matt lacoste who's an ex-giant are the only real notable free agents this season so although there's some uh pieces moving a lot of it's going to be be the same from uh 2018 so a lot of stuff to watch out for here um a lot of the changes we're going to see are going to be player development i did have 
a take for 2019 I wanted to talk a little bit about. And the first one is that Cortland Sutton is going to be drafted way too low in 2019. He's currently the last pick in the 12th, excuse me, the last pick in the 10th round behind DK Metcalf, who is undrafted currently. He's ahead of Zay Jones at 11.02 and Tate at 11.09. There's value to be had in that spot of the draft, and I think Cortland Sutton is going to be one of them. Now, Flacco hasn't supported number one wide receivers in the past, but that's because of the players he's had around him. In 2000, you can go back to 2016, Pitta and Mike Wallace, 86 catches and 72 catches. Before that, uh, Keenan Aiken, um, Steve Smith within the 70s. In 2013, going all the way back there, Torrey Smith had 62 catches that year. So although Flacco hasn't supported wide receiver ones, he also hasn't had any on his rosters. I think people are going to sleep on Cortland Sutton, and that is going to be a mistake. He's a value in someone. He's someone I would draft two rounds earlier. I would draft him ninth round no problem and feel comfortable i think he's going to get a lot of balls his way we saw how athletic he is and he's just a great player so mark do you want to weigh in a little bit on Cortland sutton uh i love the talent of Cortland sutton i absolutely loved him this past season i was only a little bit worried though because when emmanuel sanders did go down at the tail end of the season i was expecting Cortland sutton to step up in a big way and he just didn't seem to perform he plays like a rookie they were they were still throwing him the ball. It's not that he the targets weren't there. He just wasn't coming down with them. A full off season uh, to be able to reconnect with or to be able to connect, <laughs> reconnect with period with Joe Flacco, yeah. Correct. Uh, but hopefully it'll do him some good. That's my only concern is the fact that the option was there. I think that the talent is unbelievable in him. Uh, so I do definitely think that there could be value there. I'm not as willing to reach up into the eighth as you are. No, oh, I'm, uh, I'm. But I think that didn't it, I say ninth? Sorry, ninth. Because <laughs> uh, it's back of the tenth that he is, so it's basically the eleventh. Yeah, yeah. But, so uh, for sure, for sure. Okay, Steve. So I think the value is possible to be there. Uh, my biggest surprise for this upcoming, or not surprise, but uh, my prediction. I will call it now. Royce Freeman will end up being the uh, number one running, the better running back. Oh, running back. absolutely. I'm on on par with you, man. I'm right there with you. And it's not because I don't like Royce Freeman. It's uh, because I don't like Phil Blinsey. It's just the, the draft capital, investment, team investment. You know, we, we see it all the time with some of these guys. And, uh, you know, if it comes to it, Phil Blinsey gets hurt, you just got him. <laughs> you also, know, it's, it's, that's kind of harsh. Freeman battled a lot of injuries throughout this rookie season, and I think that with him having a full off season, uh, with him having the full season underneath, I think that he's actually going to come out guns a-blazing to be able to be that number one. Okay, Steve, we talked about Cortland Sutton, we talked about Royce Freeman. What are you thinking going to, uh, to, into 2019 with this Broncos squad? Um, I'm thinking that if the quarterback position does not perform again, I think John Elway's going to be removed as the general manager of the Broncos. As he should be. He, he's. Let's look at his quarterback since he's um, since Peyton Manning, Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Um, Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum, and Joe Flacco. You know. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a lot of growth. It's just bad. 
Okay, moving on. LA Chargers were 12 and 4 last season. They were 5 and 3 at home and 7 and 1 on the road. Yes, they were better on the road than at home this LA Chargers team. They were 4 and 2 inside their division. Let's take a quick look at offensive contributors for this LA Chargers team. The LA Chargers had a great offensive season and had many good contributors. We're going to start with their quarterback, Philip Rivers. He had 347 passes for 4,308 yards. Those totals gave him 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Running back Melvin Gordon had 175 rushes for 885 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns, and he added 50 grabs for 490 yards and 4 receiving touchdowns. Backup running back Austin Eckler had 106 carries for 554 yards and 3 touchdowns, while adding 39 catches for 404 yards and 3 touchdowns receiving. Keenan Allen had 97 catches for 1,196 yards and 6 receiving touchdowns. Mike Williams had 50 catches for 490 yards and 4 receiving touchdowns. Tyrell Williams had 41 catches for 653 yards and 5 touchdowns. And tight end Antonio Gates had 28 catches for 333 yards and 2 receiving touchdowns. That is your 2018 LA Chargers. Okay, before I continue, I just do want to mention that uh, they have a couple free agents. That is Geno Smith, tight end Antonio Gates, and wide receiver Tyrell Williams heading into 2019. Team MVP, now this is a tough one. Is it Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, or Keenan Allen? Mark, I know you have a lot to say here. Who's your pick? I'm going to end up going with Philip Rivers. Uh, <laughs> Melvin Gordon missed a handful of games. I felt like when he was in the game, he did put him on their back. He's a phenomenal player, but when push came to shove, I think Philip Rivers ended up being the one to truly carry this team along, whether it be clutch passes to either of the Williams brothers, even though they're not actually brothers, uh, still having that connection with Antonio Gates when he needed it, and still being able to put up decent numbers with uh, Austin Eckler when Melvin Gordon wasn't and able to play. There were 89 completed passes to running backs this season, and, and that's huge. That's going to help you your team a lot. Now, Melvin Gordon battled some injuries. He wasn't playing the whole season. But Keenan Allen, 97 catches, almost 1,200 yards, and six receiving touchdowns six receiving touchdowns is not the gaudy number i want to see from a wide receiver one especially with someone as much respect as keenan allen steve what do you think here about keenan allen melvin gordon and philip rivers i would have to go keenan allen in my opinion keenan allen is one of the best uh, wide receivers in this league but nobody talks about him he's so underrated so my team mvp would go to keenan allen Absolutely. It's really nice to see him him bounce back after a couple of fluke injuries. I think he's just two years off removed from like getting hit in the ribs and having kidney lacerations. Yeah. He's just had just yeah. just had a rough go. He's the talent is obviously there. Ninety seven receptions. That's great. In a PPR, half point PPR, he's much more valuable. Again, I want to see the six touchdowns go up, and I think there's a really good chance that that does happen next season. See, I, I absolutely love Keenan Allen. Uh, I've had him on my team, actually, on my fantasy team for the past <laughs> two years. And the the problem with it, it was this season, was that touchdown. And the problem is, I don't think that that's going to go up. I kept expecting it. I kept waiting for it. But I think that Mike Williams uh, is going to continue to siphon that off. They definitely want to get Melvin Gordon the ball. 
uh, I think it's just going to end up being a rough time all, overall uh, to get Allen those uh, end zone targets. Absolutely. And when I talk about my surprise for two thousand, uh, my surprise of this past season and looking ahead into 2019, the thing I really want to look at is uh, Austin Eckler. Now, he actually had a better yards per rushing attempt, 5.2 to 5.1, than Melvin Gordon, over a pretty large sample size, and had a better yards per reception, 10.4 to 9.8, albeit on a smaller sample size. Austin Eckler had a great season, and I feel like he's a little underrated for for what he's done for this team. And, you know, my outlook, fantasy-wise, if you have Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler is a must-have. I don't love handcuffs. I don't love playing that game. I'd rather just take a, another valuable player. But Austin Eckler is... Austin Eckler is the best running back handcuff in the NFL. Let's go on to Mark. Handcuffs. Mark, what do you have for us 2019 for... Uh, the Chargers for two for 2019 I think the Chargers are going to end up picking up exactly where they left off which means unfortunately they will still have the Chiefs in their division uh I do think that they're going to end up being a wild card team again the loss of Tyrell Williams actually will probably hurt a little bit but not enough to really shake the balance he Mike I mean Williams he had 40 really, 41 catches this year that that's easily yeah. replaceable for 41 for 650 exactly. uh, yardage is good and, and don't you, five touchdowns is good but that'll be replaced don't get me wrong Ty, uh, Tyrell Williams is a serviceable wide receiver he's going to get work he's going to end up making an impact on a team but the loss of him as essentially the wide receiver three doesn't really matter that much as well as Antonio Gates going in free agency we actually expected it to happen last year uh, but the Hunter Henry injury He'll stay uh, retired. delayed that yes. a year. But you know what? Hunter Henry, I think, is going to actually emerge being the major difference maker. The, I think the end he's zone target. Major the end zone target. Yeah, and we have, talked about. He would be a major impact. Absolutely. Five. Uh, was it six? Six Keenan Allen touchdowns. Five Tyrell. Four Mike Williams. Two Antonio Gates. I could see seven from the tight end position next year. I don't think that's a stretch. Is that a stretch, uh, Steve? Seven tight end touchdowns from Chargers in 2019. Talk to us. Well, my outlook actually revolves around Hunter Henry because um, I I feel that Hunter Henry will move up into the um, into the Travis Kelsey, the George Kittle, and Oof. Zach Ertz echelon of tight ends. I Oof. think I think that Hunter Henry will be the number one tight end in fantasy football in 2019. You know he needs to put cleats on first before that can happen, right? <laughs> I think that this will be the year that he finally puts together an entire season and shows the world what he can do. I like that take. It is bold. That's what we were about here at I-80 Sports. There was not much tight end so the, during last season, and if he can contribute at all, that's just another guy to uh, put into the mix. Hunter Henry, number one. You heard it here from Steve. Tight end one, 2019, Hunter Henry. Let's just hope he can stay out of the med tent long enough to take 10 offensive snaps during the 2019 go. Okay, we're going to move on. Next up is Raiders. They had a 4-12 and record, 3-5 and at home, 1-7 on the road, and they were 1-5 in the AFC West. Now, a young developing squad that is hamstrung by being in this division, and 
we're going to take a quick look at how the offensive players performed in 2018. The Oakland Raiders did not have many offensive contributors, but that's what I'm filming, so I have to talk about someone. We'll start with quarterback Derek Carr. Derek Carr had 381 passes for 4,049 yards. That gave him 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He also added one touchdown on the ground. Doug Martin had 172 rushes for 723 yards and four rushing touchdowns. He also added 18 grabs for 116 receiving yards. Running back Marshawn Lynch had 90 carries for 376 yards and three touchdowns and added 15 catches for 84 receiving yards. Running back Jalen Richard had 55 rushes for 259 yards and one rushing touchdown, and he added 68 catches for 607 receiving yards. Wide receiver Jordy Nelson had 63 catches for 739 yards and three touchdowns. Seth Roberts had 45 catches for 494 yards and two touchdowns. Martavis Bryant had 19 catches for 280 yards and one touchdown. And before he was traded, Amari Cooper had 22 catches for 280 yards and one receiving touchdown. Those are the 2018 Oakland Raiders. Okay, we, look at, we took a look at those stats, and I do want to bring up that there are some free agents this season, Doug Martin and Jalen Richard and Marshawn Lynch are all free agents heading into this season. Uh, Dwayne Harris and Martavis Bryant and Jared Cook. So a lot of playmakers, a lot of the guys who contributed most to this offense are going to be free agents. Who is your MVP, Mark? Uh, do I have to pick one? Yes. Yes, you do. That's what uh, I did. Is it possible I could take uh, the MVP being Amari Cooper for getting off of that franchise? Yes, I will. <laughs> allow actually, I love it. And, and actually revitalizing it. his career. I will allow it. If, if I do have to pick one, I'll end up going with Jared Cook. Uh, he at least had games where he was a, a serviceable tight end. Uh, and unfortunately, being a serviceable tight end does, in fact, get you to be the team MVP for the Raiders. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to go a different route, and I'm going to say Jalen Richard. My problem with Jalen Richard is that he did not find the end zone, but that's just like everyone else on this team last season. He caught 68 balls. That's five more than Jordy Nelson, 607 receiving yards. He only had one touchdown running on 55 attempts, but I expect that to go up. I think Jalen Richard is someone who needs to get paid this offseason, and it actually puts Raiders in a really good position. They need a running back, but they don't need a pass catching back. Which, which is, I think, a good place for them to be in. You know, Gruden's going to love that because he's kind of that uh, archetype guy. He's going to look for, you know, one guy who can catch, one guy who can run. And and I think that, you know, really opens up the number of, of running backs they're going to take in the draft that they're going to look for. Um, Steve, your team MVP. Um, I was, I'm sticking with Jalen, I mean, Jared Cook. I, I thought that he was a one-man wrecking crew um, for the Raiders in the receiving game, and I felt that he was the only consistent option on that team week in and week out. When we're looking at this team going heading into next season, there is a very special wide receiver we're going to add to the mix. That's Antonio Brown. You saw the number one receiver on this team was Jalen Richard, a running back. Uh, Jordy Nelson, 63 for 739-3. and three. That's not going to cut it. And now they have a clear number one. Let's talk a little bit about the impact of Antonio Brown on this team, Mark. Well, I think the biggest one 
besides the fact that he is going to be a solid wide receiver. We already know that. For me, I think it's actually more so from the marketing side of everything for the team. Like, if you're actually talking a business sense, this is a team that's getting ready to move into a brand new market. They're getting ready to move to Vegas. I desperately think that the Raiders needed to make a splash as far as this goes. And honestly, I think they they did the job they needed to do. Do you really want Antonio Brown in Vegas? Does that sound like a good idea to you, Mark? (laughs) No, but nothing that the Raiders have done in roughly the past 10 years has sounded like anything that I would do if I was running a football team. Absolutely. And I would like to point out, though, that as much as we might joke around about Antonio Brown, he really hasn't had character issues throughout his career. He's been a clean player um, for up until this season as as I've known, he's been a locker room guy. He's been uh, a team player and, you know, demanding a trade, this diva stuff is kind of new to his character. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Steve, you would know more about that than I would. Yeah. I mean, aside, aside from this past season, the only big incident that happened was when it was the last time the Steelers were in the AFC championship game. When he had that locker room incident where he Facebook live, um, Mike Tomlin talking about, you know, oh, you know, what's going to happen next week and everything. Other than that, like, I, I, I like, I follow all the Steelers beat writers and all. We had no idea. Steelers homer. Mark, yeah. are you surprised? No idea. <laughs> Very surprised. I'm shocked. Very surprised. You're a Steelers homer. That's on your bio on our website. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think Antonio Brown is going to be. Let me, let me a, just say one more thing. Okay, go for it. Uh, um, because Antonio Brown, when he when he first signed his contract extension, um, his very first one, he 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 did a show with uh, he had a show on Steelers Nation Radio, which you can listen to on iHeartRadio, and week week after week he came in. He was the most humble guy. He would bring in he would bring in unknown Steelers players to to give them exposure. He was a he was like the ultimate team guy. I have no clue what happened. Well, money changes people, and I, you know we don't know. We like to say like it's his fault. He's playing the diva. There could be a really bad team situation that's going on there, and everything he could be saying could be right. I mean, who knows? But Antonio Brown is definitely going to make this team. They're going to shake him up a little bit, and that takes me to my 2019 prediction. My 2019 prediction is that Derek Carr will be underdrafted. Currently going 14th round, third pick at quarterback 25. But he was quarterback 18 last season. He's got an upgrade in weapons. And over the last couple games, he was, I think, even better than that, quarterback 14 over the last four games. He could be a quarterback one in 2019. He looked good two years ago. He took a huge step back, but he's got a receiver. He's got a better team around him. I think... Carr can be a sustainable quarterback one in 2019. Mark, 2019 Raiders, what what interests you? I have a hard time making any sort of predictions for the 2019 Raiders, and that's mostly because even with them acquiring Antonio Brown, we don't know what this team's going to be. Yeah, This they, is a team that has so many draft picks. Three first rounds. Uh, so high in the draft. It's yep. Three first round draft picks can literally change the way that your team looks just look at the cleveland browns from the past two years absolutely that's a team we're actually talking about being a division competitor and i think that you really can't assess the raiders until you start seeing what these first round picks will end up being absolutely steve do you have anything else for us with this uh Oakland raiders team i think the raiders are going to continue to be the laughing stock of the nfl I I I do. I you know they 
two years ago, we were talking about the Raiders as, as a respectable team. And now, and you know, last year, John Gruden, you know, he, he put this team back into mediocrity and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I think, I think that they, I think that they're going to tank again so they can, so they can get another high draft pick. This way, this way, they think that they can have a nice young uh, bunch of players that they've built through the draft to go into Vegas the following and year. More importantly, that they would be Gruden's players. The last thing you want to see is a contract year where you're trying to sell new jerseys and now there's no stars to to print on the back. Um, definitely going to be interesting. This team's looking good going forward, and you have to love anytime your most dedicated contract of the team is to the head coach. So, you know, definitely some some stuff to look forward to here. That is all we have for the AFC West. Um, it's been a great episode, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, is there anything you want to leave people with, Mark? I just want to let everyone know, keep, uh, keep tuned, because we do have NFL free agency coming up, starting, I believe, this upcoming week. And that's going to be huge. We can't wait to see where all these players end up, all these free agents end up. Uh, and tracking along right into the draft. So stick along stick along with I-80 Sports. Absolutely. And we're going to help guide you. As always, you can find us at www.i80sportsmedia.com. Please don't leave off the media, Steve. i80sportsmedia.com. You can find links to our Facebook. You can find links to uh, Google Play, the iTunes Store. Most importantly, to YouTube. Guys, give us a subscribe if you like this video. Steve is a man of the people. He's going to say goodbye. He's going to leave us with some words of wisdom, Steve. I, I was just going to echo what Mark said. Follow free agency. I can't wait to see where Le'Veon Bell's going to go. Absolutely. <laughs> the Steelers fire sale will continue. Um, it's always <laughs> looking good to be in Pittsburgh. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you subscribe.